whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, and the context is, and continues to say, will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let me give you a little bit of background here. Jesus had cursed a fig tree prior to returning to Jerusalem, and a day or two later, the disciples noticed the tree had withered away. Astonished at what had happened, they brought it to Jesus' attention. Jesus does not explain to the disciples why he cursed the barren fig tree. We can figure that out on our own. But he does use the incident as an illustration of the power of faith and the prayer of faith. Jesus tells the disciples that with faith, and he was looking at the mount, probably the Mount of Olives at that particular time, he said with faith they could uproot mountains. That was a very common phrase at that particular time and hurl them into the sea. He tells them in essence that faith is the, is the key to seeing anything take place that they are praying and believing God for. Faith is the way the kingdom of God operates. Another way of saying that is faith is the currency of the kingdom. One caution, however, is that we should not think that we can remove any mountains and wither any fig trees at will. Mountains will truly be removed, but at God's will, not ours. And how do we find out what God's will is? The Word of God. When I come into agreement with the Word of God, I can believe God for whatever it is that He promised me in His Word. Amen? So we want to look at this really quickly. There's a couple of uh, points we want to look at. The first one is this, have faith. Mark 11, 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. Faith, and by the way, if you were to look at this in the original language, is not a suggestion. Faith is a command. Have faith in God. Jesus, in the imperative sense, tells the disciples to have faith in God. Another way of translating that is have God-like faith. The word uh, uh, having being uh, the word have being a command means that faith is imperative. So when Jesus says have faith, it is imperative. It is not an option. Jesus is telling us that as disciples, faith is the key and faith is necessary to see anything that God wants done and God wants taking place in this earth uh, uh, to, to manifest requires faith. All the promises of God, all that God would do on the earth is to be done through a people of faith. If we want to see God's will done in our lives, how many of y'all want to see the will of God done in your life, right? In this earth, in order to see that happen, we must be a people of faith. In the context of today's message, I'll be focusing on the topic more, more than anything on the topic of healing, but the principle is still the same. Faith is essential to receive healing or anything else that God has promised us through His Word. Amen? So the second thing we want to look at is we looked at the idea, the idea that we need to have faith. Now we want to look at faith and receiving. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We can see that in the Bible people were healed when faith was present because faith was acknowledged as part of the healing process. In Acts 14, 8 through 10, it says, And in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently, and seeing 
How did he see this? He didn't see it in the natural. He saw it spiritually. Seeing that he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and he walked. Now, how did that happen? How did the healing take place? Because the man had faith. He, uh, Paul recognized that he had faith to be healed, and he just acknowledged that faith, and in cooperation with his faith said, get up, and the man got up. The Holy Spirit goes out of his way to let us know that this man was healed because he believed the Word of God, because he had faith to be healed. Jesus himself acknowledged and highlighted the presence of faith in many of those who received healing from him. Matthew 9, 27 through 31 is one incident. Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, so they had to follow him quite a way. It doesn't say that, but they had to follow him quite a way. They were outside the city. He kept going until he came into a house. And when he turned around, guess who was there? You think it's easy for a blind man to follow? No, it wasn't. But they did. When he came into the house, the blind man came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it, but when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. But by the way, did you notice that this is Jesus, the Son of God, but on this earth, he worked as a man. He worked as a man empowered by the Spirit of God, and he turned around and he said, he didn't say, according to my Godhood. He didn't say, according to my will. It was the will of God to heal, but he said, according to your faith let it be done you, you understand that so it was important to understand that the blind men had faith and how did they exhibit that faith they wouldn't let Jesus go they kept shouting to him they kept saying have mercy on us what do you want me to do for you we want to see when he turned around guess who was there those blind men and then he said let it be done according to your faith Mark 5 is another incident, 30 through 34. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Because there was a woman that had a flow of blood. I forgot, is it 12 years? Uh, for 12 years, she had a flow of blood. She heard Jesus was coming by against all uh, 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 pro propriety. Uh, you know, she pressed through the crowd, touching people she shouldn't have been touching. She kept saying to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. It was not easy for her to get there, but she got there. She touched the hem of his garment. When she touched the hem of his garment, the Bible said, I'm giving you the background, that power or virtue flowed out of Jesus. And he turned around. He said, who touched my clothes? And the disciple says, everybody's touching your clothes. But Jesus said, no, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, she had been healed, by the way, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. What, what made her well? Faith. Now notice, there was a bunch of people there, probably a lot of people with needs. But none of them received anything from Jesus who was there and probably willing to touch everybody except this woman. And why did she get something? Because faith reached out and grabbed what he had available. Amen? And so he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. 
So the Word of God in the flesh, Jesus, reveals to us the importance of faith and acknowledges in these things that we looked at, these incidents, two people who had great faith in receiving from Him. And that's what we're going to look at here is people that had great faith. Matthew 15, 22 through 28. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, cried out to Him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Now, notice Jesus didn't say that. The disciples say that. You know, have you ever cried out and asked God for something, and there was silence, and the people around you say, Well, maybe God doesn't like you. <laughs> or maybe God doesn't want to answer your prayer. You know, you're always going to have naysayers around you. But Jesus wasn't naysaying. He was just being silent, Right? But he, uh, uh, his disciples came and said, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I wasn't sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that's true. That's biblical. He wasn't sent to the Gentiles yet. Jesus was sent to the people of God, to the children of God. And this woman was not an Israelite. She was outside. She was a Gentile. But she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But then he said to her, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, that was a little harsh. But she wasn't put off by that. Sometimes you wonder when you're praying about something, it seems like the exact opposite had taken place, and you get, you get offended with God. Well, you, didn't, you know, I was believing you and all this kind of stuff, and this is what I did, but this woman didn't get offended, right? Sometimes we misperceive what's taking place. And here she, he says to her, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table, and then you see who Jesus really was. Then Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. And Jesus answered and said to her, even though she wasn't part of the children of God, even though it wasn't her time, she pressed through and she made it her time with faith. And he said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And then in Matthew 8, 5 through 10, there was a, and then verse 13, when Jesus entered Capernaum, there was a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Totally opposite. Before he was silent, this, says, he, this time he says, I'm coming. And the centurion, who is not a Jew, he is a Gentile, answered him and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But just speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to another one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And what's he creating a parallel here. I'm under authority, and this is what happens when I speak. I see that you're a man under authority. All you got to do is speak, and it'll get done. It's not in there, but that's what he's saying, right? When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel among the people of God. And then Jesus said to him in verse 13, Go your way, and as you have believed... So let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Practically, in a church, we pray for people, and we pray for lots of people, and we're believing God for all of them to get healed. And I'm believing that one day, it's, I'll never lower that bar, one day we will see everyone heal. But until that, that's, up, that's between us and the Lord. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. 
but we don't stop praying. We don't stop believing. And, you know, while we want to be wise in how we minister to people, and in doing so, we will never say to anyone, you didn't get healed because of a lack of faith. We're not going to say that. What we will try to do is we'll try to build your faith. We'll try to encourage in your faith. We'll try to continue to say, just keep on believing God. Don't quit. God will answer you. But at the same time, if we're going to be biblically based, we will also not say that faith is unnecessary in praying for and receiving healing from God. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. So what's the answer? The answer is to do things to build faith. First of all, teach you about faith, recognize the importance of faith, and do things to build faith in us. In fact, the Bible explicitly testifies to people not receiving answers to their prayers and problems in life because they didn't have faith. Mark 6, 4 through 6, Jesus said to them when he went to his own hometown, he was preaching to them, and, uh, and um, they got offended with him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, he could do no mighty work there. Now, he listen to what it says. He could, do, wait a minute, he's God. He's, he's the son of God made flesh. That's exactly right. Notice it says here, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them so what does that tell you he wanted to do mighty works there but what was not present what was not present it goes on and tells you he marveled because of their unbelief then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching that the word faith comes from the word pistis right the word unbelief comes from the word apistis or apistia I don't know if they, they don't have that up there so basically pistis is faith apistis means no faith the word a nullifies the word pistis so when you're talking about unbelief what you're having is no faith so the reason he could not do any mighty work there is because there was no faith right now we translate no faith as unbelief so unbelief literally means no faith. So what we learn from that is unbelief will keep you from what God wants to do, but faith will open the door to what God wants to do in your life. Faith is necessary in order to receive from God. Can you say that with me? Faith is necessary to receive from God. And in fact, the Bible teaches us that in Hebrews 11 and 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe. In this particular case, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what does faith do? It diligently seeks after him. Hebrews 11 and 6, I like the amplified version. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. You know, a lot of times when we get sick, we're earnestly and diligently seeking out the doctors. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if the doctors can't help us, then we go to Jesus. Right? And all I'm saying that you shouldn't go to the doctors, all I'm saying is, hey, let's go to Jesus and then we can go to the doctor. Right? Because you might never know. <laughs> it's always my opinion. I'd rather go to Jesus, and if Jesus heals me immediately, I don't have to go to the doctor. I don't like doctors. 
right? Because it made me step on a scale, and I don't like that. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I want to give you a couple of quotes here. Kenneth Hagin says, Faith is substance. Faith is proving God's word by acting on it. Faith is giving substance to the things that you're hoping for. Another guy by the name of Alan Vincent, this is a little longer quote, says, Faith is. Faith can never be spoken of in the future. It is always in the present. Now faith is. Now is present. Right? Faith can never be spoken of in the future. It's always in the present. It functions in the present tense, but it is based upon something that has already happened and was completed in the past. There are several places in Scripture, although not obvious in most English versions, where the original Greek text puts two tenses together when speaking about faith. They are the future and the past perfect tenses, and you don't have to know what that means. I will explain it to you. It's strange grammatically, but it makes perfect sense spiritually. For example, in Mark, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have already received them. That's the past perfect tense, right? And you will have them, that is the future tense. The past perfect tense and the future tense are joined together. Essentially, the verse says that before you can have something in the future, you must have already possessed it by faith as a past event in the spirit realm. I was telling you about the, the guy that I was talking to this morning about the car. He said, when I see it, then I'll give it. And I said, it doesn't work that way. You've got to believe that God is already doing it, and then you'll see it. So that doesn't make sense to me. Well, we'll see if we can make sense to you, all right? In Matthew 16 and 19, and again in Matthew 18 and 18, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth or whatever you loose on heaven, uh, you know, uh, whatever you loose on whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. He uses the same past future tense put together. Literally, it says, whatever you bind on earth will be because it already has been bound in heaven. Before you can see something happen on earth as a result of binding or loosing, you have to know that it has already been done in the heavenlies. You hearing what I'm saying? You will never see it manifested on earth until you know it, it, it is a has-been in the realm of the Spirit. When God speaks, it's already done. Right? So you say, well, how can I believe? Am I, am I actually bringing something into manifestation? Not in the sense that you're creating it. God's Word creates. We come into agreement with God's Word. We confess God's Word. We believe God's Word. When do we confess and believe God's Word before we see God's Word? I, I preached several times a, a, a scripture on um, a man with a withered hand. I, I preached it more in other places than I have here. But there was a man with a withered hand, and Jesus said, extend your hand. And I can imagine him saying to himself, if I could extend my hand, you know, I wouldn't be here. But he's hearing Jesus preach. He's hearing Jesus proclaim the word of God. And while he's hearing him, faith begins to rise in him. And so Jesus tells him to do something he does not have the ability to do. He said, stretch out your hand. Now, if he's thinking, well, if you will empower my hand, if you will heal my hand, I'll stretch out my hand. But that's not what happens. He says, stretch out your hand. And as he stretched out his hand, the Bible says that his hand became whole. So faith believes God before it sees the manifestation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Faith believes that what God says is true whether or not I see it in the, in the present situation or not. It's my believing that will actually cause it to be true, but it's God speaking that makes it so. It's not what I desire. It's what He desires. It's what He has said. I come into agreement with what He said, and when I come into agreement with what He said by faith, that's what allows what He said to manifest in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay? So... Uh, you know you're healed. God speaks to you. You know you're healed because you know it's already been done in the heavenly realm. How do I know it's already been done in the heavenly realm? Because his word teaches us that uh, he forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. His word teaches us he carried our sicknesses and he bore our pains. And by his stripes I am healed. In the, in the New Testament, First Peter says by his stripes we were healed. Why does it say we were? Because at the cross of Calvary that's where healing was manifested. Right? To, to the one who fears my name, the Son of Righteousness arises with healing in his wings, and I will go forth like a calf, leaping from its stalls. Where does that happen? Where did that take place? At the cross of Calvary. And so what happens is we see that it's already been done at the cross of Calvary, so I begin to believe what God did uh, at the work of Calvary. And as I begin to believe and begin to stand and begin to confess and profess the Word of God, it opens the door for what God did to manifest in my life. Wow, faith is powerful. Yes, it is. How do I get faith? Good question. Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. God is faithful to His Word. So you can begin to believe, I want a Rolls Royce and I want this, and you might be able to make it happen, but it's not because you're in agreement with the Word of God. You're in agreement with what you want. But if you want to see God do something really spectacular in your life, you begin to come into agreement with the will of God for your life and what God wants for you. And then when you take the word of God and you begin to believe God for what he wants, see, we didn't, we, a lot of times we're always busy believing God for what we want. Let's begin to believe God for what he wants. How do I know what he wants? Because it's the word of God. It teaches us in the word of God. I want you to know that healing is the will of God. God wants to heal. How do you know that? Because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the truth, and the uh, God of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how Jesus of Nazareth was full of the Holy Spirit and power, and He went around doing good and healing all <laughs> who were oppressed of the devil. There was somebody that was unclean. A leper came up to Jesus, and he said, If you're willing, you can make me clean. And he says, I'm willing. When he figured that out, he got cleansed, right? So what's happening is while I'm teaching you here this morning, some of you are feeling faith rising in you, right? Not faith in me, not faith in my ability to preach, but faith in the Word of God. Oh, God's willing to do this. Yes, he is. You think God will do it for me, and see, that's faith. Faith is beginning to rise in your heart because some people will say, well, I'll know he does it. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, but he won't do it for me. He's done it for other people, but he won't do it for me. But faith, when it begins to get hold of the word of God, he says, I believe God will do it for me. Like that woman with the issue of blood. I've tried doctors. I've tried this. I've tried that. None of that worked. But you know what? He said, I just believe that if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I'm going to get healed. And she pushed through the obstacles. She pushed through all. And she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says virtue came out of him. And she was healed of her affliction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Romans 3 and 4. Let God be true and every man a 
liar. Psalms 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in the heavens. Romans 10 and 8, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Romans 10 and 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they hear, believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You don't have to be a preacher. You just got to know the word of God. Technically, that's what a preacher is supposed to preach to you, is the Word of God. I'm just saying, I'm going to leave that alone. I want to go down that rabbit trail, but I'm not going down that rabbit trail. All the promises of God, so we're going to wind this up. All the promises of God, all that God would do on the earth is to be done through a people of faith. Faith is essential to receive anything from God, to receive healing from God. You must have faith. The more faith present the more we will see God's power released in our midst and see people's lives changed as they are saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. Faith can be present in the person who needs healing. Many of y'all need something from God. Faith can be present in you, Mark 5, 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Faith can also be present in the people who are praying for those that need healing. James 5, 14 and 15, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Faith can also be present in the church as we believe for the healing of others. Acts 5, 14 through 16, believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So not just churchgoers. We want people to come to church, whether you're a believer or not. We want you to come to church because we believe as you come here more and more, you're going to believe more and more, right? But that's not what it's talking about here. He didn't say, hey, we had more converts, we had more church goers, we had a big church. No, it says believers. What, who are believers? People that believe what God said. Believers, people that were believing what God said, were added to the church, right? And increasingly they were added. Multitudes of both men and women. What kind of men and women? Believing men and women. So that they, the believing men and women, brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. So it was the church that was believing. The church believed so much, they actually went to different cities. They went to different places and said, come with us. We're going to put you here on a street. And when Peter passes by, we believe in what God is doing so much, we believe you're going to be healed. And what happened? Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by evil spirits. And this is what's awesome. And they were all healed. No way what it says here right as Jesus said to the father asking for his son to be healed if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes so imagine what can happen is we if we have the person being prayed for that has faith the person who is praying have faith the person who brought them have faith in a climate or atmosphere where faith is abundant I believe that we can see all heal, right? So what's important here? Faith. Faith. Faith is important. And I believe that God is putting faith in the hearts of some people here today. God gives you faith. You can't get saved without faith. 
God gives you faith. If you were saved, you have faith. So what do I do with my faith? Maybe I don't have enough faith. All you got to do is let God water your faith. You don't need a lot of faith. You just need a little bit of faith, right? Small as a grain of mustard seed. And as the word of God begins to feed on your faith, uh, begin to feed your faith, your faith begins to grow. You can reach out. And you don't, like I said, you don't have to be a certain level. You just have to, like this man, he said, I believe, help my unbelief. What do you believe in God for? What have you been praying for? What do you want God to do in your life? Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I don't want to go down the same road my parents went down. I don't want to go down the road my aunt, my uncle went through. I don't want to be that, that another, another statistic on somebody's sheet. I want my life to be different. I want my life to change. Do you think God can do that for me? I know God can do that for you, right? What do I have to do? You need to call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So what do I have to do? Call on the name of the Lord. If you believe that Jesus Christ uh, died for you, uh, gave his life for you, paid for your sins, and we recognize that we're not where we need to be with God, we're lost, but if we call upon the Lord, we can be saved. He will come into us. He will change us. We can become a new creation in Christ. All you got to do, how does it happen? I don't know, but I know that if I believe, it'll happen. You can leave here different. Well, you don't know what I've done. I've, I've asked the Lord. I went to vacation Bible school when I was little. I said I was going to live for God, and I did it. I said, God will never forgive me. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what, no matter what, if you trust God and believe God, the promises of God, all of them are yes, and all we have to do is come into agreement with it by saying, so be it, amen, right? Or maybe you're here today and you've been going through some kind of physical struggle. You've been going through some kind of uh, a battle with sickness and disease. And you weren't sure if it was the will of God for you to be healed. I want you to know today that the Bible teaches it is the will of God. And you say, well, I've been hoping that God will just meet me where I'm at. And, you know, sometimes God might do that. But more often than not, you might have to meet God. If God doesn't come out there and touch you, you need to come up here and touch him. It's faith. That opens the door to what God says. We know what God's word teaches, and so God, teach me how to receive. In faith, I receive, just like I receive salvation, I receive your healing in my life. And the Bible says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So if you're here today and you're sick in body, you're going through something, maybe you need somebody to agree, God, agree with you about what you're going through. We can agree with you together. We will believe, God, that God will touch you and that you can leave here different than what you came in. You can leave here changed. You can leave here whole. Right?